Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we have another episode from our brand new Project Elite series, our new project working with college tennis athletes across the country to promote the game, promote their efforts as a student athlete. Of course, this opportunity made available through the brand new NIL ruling allowing college tennis athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Of course, what we are hoping to do here at Crack Rackets not only provide these college tennis athletes with the opportunity to take advantage of that NIL ruling, but of course, to promote the the sport that we love so dearly here at Cracked Rackets. And of course, crazy to think, the 2022 college tennis season right around the corner. We announced it on Tuesday. We will be heading down to Knoxville, Tennessee for the inaugural Knoxville showdown for the top men's tennis teams in the country. Tennessee, Kentucky, Columbia, and Pepperdine all coming together for one weekend of fantastic action. Of course, we will have more information about that event for all of you listeners in the coming 10 days. But on today's show, we get to continue our Project Elite with our newest Crack Rackets athlete, a guy I had the chance to get to know well this season, but of course, I knew him back in the day as well as he is a fellow Southeast Michigan product, a guy who started out at Valparaiso, now at the University of Illinois. Rising senior Kawaisi Kenyatta joins the show to discuss what is a fascinating college tennis career. He talks about his time in the juniors being left as an outcast in the junior system, managing to work his way to Valparaiso, work his way to Illinois as well. And he talks about what college tennis has meant for him, not only on the court, but the belief it's created for him off the court as well. He talks about why his Illinois men's tennis team, they're not just going to ride off of the success of last season. They plan to build on it, push the boundaries even further here in 2022. Of course, again, I had the chance to broadcast all of the Illinois men's tennis matches throughout the 2020, uh, home matches throughout the 2021 season, I should say. So this was a particularly fun podcast. I will also say this. Kawaisi takes less than five seconds to realize, oh man, this is one of the five most charismatic players across the college tennis world. Super excited to have him on our Cracked Rackets team. Super excited to share more of his story, bring him back on the show throughout the course of the next year. But again, Project Elite rocks and rolls on today's show as we are joined by University of Illinois rising senior Kawaisi Kenyatta. With that in mind, Westoff, roll the credits. Let's get to today's show. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us on the podcast today, one of our newest Crack Rackets athletes. He was a standout in the Summit League for Valparaiso before he transferred to the Fighting Illini of Illinois, where this past season he played number one doubles, number five and six singles. Was one of my favorite players to get to watch throughout the course of the 2021 season. We are joined today by rising senior from the University of Illinois, Kawaisi Kenyatta. Kawaisi, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am doing well. It is always a pleasure to be joined by a fellow player from the highest grossing producing place of tennis talent in the universe. Of course, I'm talking about Southeast Michigan. And for people that don't know, I think you're what class of, well, I guess, 22 in college. But in high school, you're what class of 17, 18? Yes. 17 yeah okay so you are a full graduating class beneath me but of course you know there are a couple of guys in our backgrounds we are both very close with I'm trying to think from a timeline perspective are is the Tim Wang Jack Peterson cohort are they a couple years older than you yeah they're a few years older than me so who are your guys in SEMTA obviously you were one of them yeah Josh Mukherjee Jack oh, Winkler, those type of guys. So, so the guys now at State, that crew. Yeah, the, the State crew, basically, yeah. There it is. That makes sense. So obviously what I'm trying to say is tennis has been near and dear to your heart for quite a bit of time. Obviously now you are playing at the University of Illinois. I want to get into all of your background. We're going to talk a little something because we have to here today. But the place I want to start, obviously, you're one of our newest Crack Rackets athletes. That's part of the NIL opportunities now made available for student athletes across the country. And... I won't lie. As soon as I heard the ruling, one of the first things that popped into my head is, oh, man, I'm excited to see what University of Illinois does with it. Because, of course, you are not going to find a coach more on top of the game than your head coach, Brad Dancer. And I'm curious for you, just starting more broadly with these NIL opportunities, what does it mean for you to get the chance to represent individual members, individual people in your community, get to represent the University of Illinois, which I know just means so much to the Champaign area? It's great. Honestly, it's truly an honor. I feel like uh, something like NIL has been long overdue, you know, so it's, it's really good for athletes who, you know, dedicate their whole lives to the sport to finally, you know, get something. Well, I mean, obviously you get something, out of it, but finally get something, you know, you know, either financial or, you know, just put us on a platform that, you know, we didn't have otherwise. So I think it's great. Yeah. And for you, you talk about the commitment you make as a student athlete, and it starts from when you're eight, nine, 10 years old when you're committing to a sport, because that's what it takes nowadays to make it particularly at the highest levels of the sport. Talk a little bit about that commitment. Does it feel like being a student athlete? I mean, you've done it now at Valpo, you've done it at Illinois, no matter where you go, is it a full-time job? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's a, it's an, it's an honor to be able to, you know, play a sport that you love and play it at a high level and have it, you know, help pay for your school or whatever. But it's definitely a, a full-time commitment. It's it's a, it's a load, but it's a blessing and a curse, man. You know, you're tired, but you wouldn't have it any other way, you know? So No, take me behind the scenes. What does that commitment look like? I know you, I believe, did you stay in Champaign this summer? 
yeah, I was in Champaign all summer, you know, just training really, really hard, you know, um, battled a few injuries as, you know, that's, that's kind of normal for me these days. Um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Glass, but, you know, just trying to get back healthy, you know, uh, and then, and that's really that, you know, just, uh, Brad had me here this summer and, you know, just working hard, just trying to, you know, get ready for this next season so that, you know, we can stay on top of the big 10 and, you know, go farther than we did in the tournament. That's, that's really the plan. But that's what it is, though. It's the fact that you have to stay in the summer. It's the fact that you get back on campus. And, I mean, I'm sure you enjoy yourself. Uh, welcome week is the term. I'm sure you get to see your friends and you get to do things that any college athlete and college student gets to do. But you're immediately back on the training cycle, right? Like, the the, the season starts right away. Yeah, the training doesn't stop. And, I mean, I think that's just what – I think that's what makes this program so special. You know, Brad is – he's, he's, he's one of the best coaches in college tennis. I mean, there's no guy more connected than him, you know, from the events that he can get close to, you know, our area to, you know, excuse me, it's, it's just amazing, you know, being able to train here and, you know, have pro events so close and, you know, it just really feels like a family, you know, like it almost feels like sure, you know, my home is Detroit, but Champaign's my home, you know, and you know, Brad and Coe's do a very good job of making you feel welcome, whether that's the Hey, you want to go to a barbecue? You know, even if you don't want to go, you know, the fact that a coach is texting you, hey, come over to my house for dinner, or hey, come play with my kids, you know, it's just like, you know, come on, you don't get that everywhere, you know. We're, we're, we're definitely spoiled here. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, again, even from my perspective, commentating on the matches, I will never betray my Wolverines, but I may ride with the Illini on the side now as well. And, you know, you talk about the exposure to pro events. I'll get back to the NIL stuff, but. I know, obviously, there's the Illinois run. I feel like you haven't made it as a pro until you've done the Illinois Futures stretch. Edwardsville, Decatur, you now have Champaign as well. I know you were fighting injuries throughout, so you may not have gotten to play as frequently as you would have liked. But just to be around that quality of pro tennis for that frequently of time, I mean, obviously, you have guys like Kova, like Zeke, who are now immediately going from your team to the pro tour. But just in general, I'm, I'm curious that exposure to pro tennis this summer, how does that help you throughout your training? Oh man, it was so great. Um, like you said, I was battling injuries. Um, my first main draw future tournament, um, took out Gonzalo Villanueva, made quarters and singles, finals and doubles with Sipos Monty. And it was just great. You know, I'd, I'd been struggling, you know, um, the end of the season didn't end the way I wanted. I broke my finger, you know, I'd been struggling up and down, you know, asking God, you know, why do I keep getting hurt? You know, just, you know, just, just struggling, you know, there's a lot, you know, I have big aspirations. I want to be a pro, you know, there's a lot of people who doubt it. There's a lot of people who support it, you know, and it's just, it felt really, really good to get some a good result in that tournament. And, you know, afterwards I was a little banged up, probably should have sat out, but, you know, after you get one result, you just you get eager. You just, oh man, I'm I, not only, you know, do you feel like I belong now you feel like, wait, I can bet I'm better than these guys. You know what I mean? And, and it's great, you know, walking around that tournament from a fan standpoint, to, uh, you know, guys come up to me, hey, good win. You know, it's, whoa, you know, like this guy, you know, next thing you know, these people who you don't even know from all walks of life all around the country are talking to you. Hey, Q, good luck. Or, hey, man, you want to hit? Or, hey, and it's just like, it makes you feel, you know, oh, man, all this work's paying off. You know, maybe I'm hurt, but everyone's process is a little different. And, you know, it just, you look at tennis through a different scope, I believe, you know, and it just helps you to simplify the game, I think, being around this level of pro. So I love it. Yeah, no, it helps that you're a captivating guy. I think that's why people come up and say hello as well. That's why we're really excited to be working with you moving forward. But, you know, again, you talk about the level of play. I want to harp on that for a second because 
Kova's going to be top 400, like that. I mean, Zeke will have success with his, it, it might, you know, he's got to pl- start at the future, so if it takes a hot second longer, it might. But you know his level day in, day out. You then go to these Pro Tour events. How different is the level? I mean, you the match I think of, you and Seeps, I mean, you played Riley Smith and Daniel Kukerman, who at the time were the number one doubles team in the country for USC. You guys beat them 7-6, one of my favorite matches of the season I mean, those guys, I don't know if they've won a Futures together, but they may have both won Futures titles individually. I think that speaks to the level in college tennis. I'm curious, your opinion, you go to these pro events. How different is the level than the level you're seeing in practice? Do you feel pretty acclimated right away? Yeah, honestly, I mean, no disrespect to those you know pro guys, but I think with the team we had last year especially and the team we have this year, I mean, the level's there, you know, um, Fun fact, you know, just a sidebar. Um, we had played Wisconsin the first match out, and you know, I played a really good doubles match, really good singles match, and you know, we're playing USC, and you know, we're all huddled up. I'm talking, to, I'm talking to, in the group, we're all huddled up, and I'm like, oh man, you know, Seeps and I are playing number one team in the country tomorrow. I gotta serve better. I gotta volley better. I gotta, you know, I gotta do everything better. And Kova just looks at me and goes, "No, you don't. Just do what you did yesterday, and you'll be fine." And I'm like, "Huh, really?" And sure enough, you know, like. Sure enough, it worked out. But I mean, when you have guys like, I mean, Sebo's Monty's really coming to his own. I mean, the guys, the guys playing, he's playing unreal right now. Um, and um, you got Carlos, another big guy who's talented. Hunter, I mean, our whole team is just talented. So I feel like it's more so mental than anything. You know, sometimes you go out in those pro events and you think like, oh man, I have to be super special and super excellent. And it's like, dude, you're a six state lefty. Just play tennis. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, like just play tennis. Dude. You know, if you're healthy, just play freaking tennis, and you're you're probably gonna win. You know what I mean? You're, or you put in a position to win. Yeah. So um, it's been great. It's been great. No, you're six eight lefty who can move too. And believe me, I'm gonna get into that. I want to get into your game. I want to talk about all of those things as well. But just to harp on this point. By the way, is there a more Kova quote than? Then that's like, no, you don't. Trust me. You're fine. Uh, I'm I'm good enough. You're good enough. We're good enough. That's so Kova. Like, I, you know, I, I, I was like tweaking because, you know, coming from Valpo, I've never played a big match. Like, you know, my biggest match was playing Drake or Denver. You yeah. know what I mean? And those, those are good programs. Don't get me wrong. But none of, they're not USC. You know, they're not number one team in the country, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, it was crazy, you know. And, and, yes, that's a very, very much so Kova quote. But um, I had the opportunity to go to um, – since he opened for the yeah sorry the since he opened for the first time this year um I guess Medvedev's coach some somehow some way we found a way to some tickets mm-hmm. and you know I got to watch Lucy Pass and Medvedev and all those guys play and I watched it from a different lens like usually I watch it and I'm just like ooh ah whoa. Like, <laughs> these guys are so great you know but um after my little future success or whatever I had just a little success I began to look and I was just like wait you know like these, I mean, obviously those guys are great, but no disrespect to them. Like, oh man, these guys aren't that much. You know, what do they do that I can't do? You know, they're serving, you know what I mean? What are they doing that I can't? And, you know, it just made me realize like they play through the middle. It's really simple tennis. You know, they really just keep it simple. They go wide when they get a short ball and that's that, yeah. you know? And I think being at Cincy Open, you know, having Brad and the guys that I've had around me for these few years have definitely changed my scope and just look on tennis, you know, like, I see Sissy Paz is obviously an amazing player, all those guys, amazing players, but I look and I'm just like, wow, you know, that's simple tennis. You know, they're not overcomplicating anything. They're not overplaying anything. And I see me, you know, sometimes I'm boom, boom, you know, just trying to, you know, do so much and you don't have to, you know what I mean? You don't have to. 
especially when you're an intimidating player like me, you know, yeah. sometimes it's being out there and interesting command, you know, and a lot of times I try to push and push and, you know, I said, but it's, it's been great. Just, I see, t- I see tennis differently now. So I'm really excited. No, it's so fascinating to hear. And the reason I want to keep talking about it is because it's so interesting to hear you talk about, you know, again, when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, you look at a pro tennis player and you say, that's a pro. Like, I am afraid of what that guy can do. And I don't think I'm capable of doing that. And then, you know, as someone like you gets exposed to that level and you're playing that level day in, day out, you do realize you're capable of it. It's interesting to hear how that mindset changes. And, you know, case in point, Elliot Spaziri coming back to Texas next year. He won a Futures title this uh, summer. Ben Shelton won a Futures title. Final Kalamazoo wins a round in qualifying at the U.S. Open. Ben was playing five last se- this season, albeit for the national champions, but, like, he was playing five last season. By the way, they bring – yeah, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And so, you know, again, all of that is to say – the level right now in college tennis, I think, is there. I think that fact speaks for it, at least especially transitioning right away to the futures level. I'm curious if you do think, though, the excitement and the enthusiasm you have right now is something that separates you from the pros who are a little bit, for lack of a better term, more jaded just because they've been on that grind for so long. Like, I, I can just hear it in your voice. You have excitement playing a futures event. I can list on my oh, hand yeah. the number of conversations I've had of players who are not ex- – they're just like, I can't do it anymore – how real is that on the ground? Just again, your how important is it to have that energy? And because everyone there can play tennis. Oh man, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's not, I'm amped up. You know, like I'm yeah. finally, you know, to go out there and you know to just get some results. And you know, obviously, I didn't win it. You know, it, but it was just like I'm a, I'm a kid from the east side of Detroit. You know what I mean? And to get there and to to do that was just like I mean, I don't know if you saw the article in my face after I won the match, but I was like. Like, like I couldn't, you know, I felt like I won a million dollars, you know, in my eyes, I won the US Open, you know, yeah. it was, it was so crazy, you know, but yeah, I, th- I think that excitement definitely separates it. I, I know it gets monotonous and tedious and I could kind of see that in my first round opponent, you know, the, it was really windy, the conditions were terrible and I could see that he didn't really want to be out there. And I was like, wait, wait, oh, oh, you're going to let me, okay. You know, and it was just like, <laughs> like, wait a minute, you know, the conditions were a little bad and he was uh, just moaning around the court. And I'm like, wow. Like, so I definitely see it, you know, it's, it's a grind. And obviously for me, it's different because the tournaments are in my backyard, but you know, I, I'm so excited at the opportunity because it's something that as a kid, you know, you dream of and you never really think you can do it until you do it. Well, that's, that's just me. You know, I never really saw it until I did it, you know, like, I didn't really believe that I was that good until, you know, I came to Illinois and I'm like, wait, Brad Dancer and Coast want me, you know, like, they want me. Oh, cool. You know, like, this is great. You know, and I'm just I'm happy to be here. And then yeah. it, it, it turns from happy to be here to wait. I belong here to wait. I'm one of the best here, you know? So, you know, we're just, you know, playing with that, you know, mental focus and, you know, it's, it's coming together. I'm really excited. Like I yeah, said, yeah, I can hear it in your voice. That's so awesome to hear. One of my highlights of the Illinois swing, and I want to say it was Edwardsville. I think Jabril Nettles qualified, or maybe he won a first round match, and someone wrote an article on him. And again, I was like, dude, Jabril. I was like, that's another South. I was like, let's freaking go. That's one of our guys because he's he's around your age. He's got to be. Yeah, I think um his birthday's in November. Yeah, he might be. So we're just a few months apart. Basically, yeah. me and Martin's birthday gap, essentially. Yeah, no. All I know is, again, both players I have defeated at Deer Lake. That's all I have oh, to yeah. say. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, about both of you. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I might have been through puberty, and you were not six foot seven yet. Uh, but you know, we can we can leave those details aside. But oh, yeah. those those aren't important. Yeah, exactly. But you know, again, uh, for you getting back to, and I guess we can start. You know, again, I you grew up as you said, the east side of Detroit, playing tennis in southeast Michigan. Let's start with your decision to go to Valpo and just in general getting your foot in the door for college tennis. How does that decision happen? And ultimately, again, talk to me about your first two years, your experience there. So it was um, it was kind of unfortunate. Um, I was in the eastern section for a bit. Um, the years of uh, 9th to 11th grade, I was in the eastern section. And man, I was killing it. You know, I had made round of 16. I mean, to be honest, I made round of 16 in the boys' 16s of clays and singles, and I made round of 16 in doubles. Um, after that, I got kind of mental because I was like, oh, man, I'm everyone expects me to do well now. And then I played a good first round and then lost and lost to Casey. It was a mental midget, you know. <laughs> then um, one of the parents of the section, I won't name their name, obviously, but one of the parents of the section, you know, reported that I wasn't living in there my domicile technically was detroit michigan but i was training at center court tennis academy with you may know like alexa Knoll, matt yeah. kiper those that, those group of people koval was even springing around there a, a little bit as well elliot spazeri was in that area too alex Cotson, those guys were in that area um so they kicked me out of the section and this was junior year which is the most important year of your recruitment you know everyone wants to see you at clay courts in kalamazoo that year and I basically dropped off the face of the earth. So what ended up happening is, you know, obviously every big school was filling up. And before that, you know, I had offers, I had interest from, you know, great programs, tons of programs, you know, that are just at a higher level than the mid-major Valpo. No disrespect to Valpo because that's where I started, you know. But um, so like I said, I got kicked out of the section. I had to go back to Simpta and try to grind the Midwest clothes or whatever. Then I made KZU. But at this point, I missed my junior year. So it was senior year rolling around. I was a late commit. And um, I played KZU. I think I won a round. Then I lost. And I won five in a back draw. Then I won a few doubles matches. And then really at that time, the only offer I had was Michigan State and Valpo because every other program that wanted me before was like, where'd you go? You know what I mean? They didn't know where I went. And I didn't really have the money to go ITF route. So I, I couldn't, there's really nothing, my hands are really tied, you know, and my dad really didn't have money to fly us to Florida. So by the time KZ rode around, you know, every coach knew me when they were there. Oh, Q, how are you? How are you? How are you? But I mean, at that point, their teams were full. And, you know, it's it's honestly by the grace of God that a few guys transferred and I was able to get to Illinois. But um, my first years of Alpo were pretty good. I think I think they were needed for my development as a man. Um I think I was very immature coming out of high school because I had been at a tennis academy. You can imagine being at a tennis academy. It's tennis, 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 tennis. I got to college and I was like, wait, oh man, those are girls. <laughs> you know? I, was like, I was like, whoa, hey, those are girls. Like, this is, this is different. You know, this is fun. You know, this is, well, I really like this, you know, and, you know, and I think had I went to a bigger school first, I don't think I would have been ready. I think I would have took tons of lumps and bumps and, you know, maybe would have had odds with the coaches a lot and, you know, maybe school would have lacked, you know, you never know. But um, Valpo was great. You know, my first year I had some, some good seasons. I was a little miffed that I wasn't playing one and one because when I was recruited there, I was recruited to play number one singles and number one doubles, no matter what. And I got there and, you know, coach saw that I wouldn't lose a match at two or I wouldn't lose a match at three and kind of just stuck me there because he wanted a constant win. And, you know, it was a little frustrating, but you know, we made do. And then, my second year there, 
I was looking at myself and I was just like, man, like, you know, you've been at a tennis academy. You've put so much work into this tennis. Are you just going to fizzle out? Like, is this the best you can do? And I started going hard and I, um, I remember it vividly. I, um, told myself I wasn't going to lose a match that season. And my wallpaper actually that sophomore season was undefeated in conference play, undefeated in dual match above a 3.0 GPA. Those are my three things on my wallpaper that I was like, those are my goals. I'm going to transfer to where I want to go after that. And, you know, I was able to accomplish them. And that was great. Um, so I lost my first dual match to a guy from Marquette. I was going to say, so 16 and one, do you remember the match? Who the one is? That, oh man. I remember that match vividly slapping <laughs> off the court. I mean, the guy just completely redlined, you know, I'm not going to say, but completely redlined hmm. and this, we're playing in a fast indoor hard court. And I think I want to say he beat me like five and six and boy, oh boy, I was so pissed, but I mean, slapped me off the court. And ever since that moment, I was just like, I refuse to lose. Like I thought I was refusing to lose in that match, but I literally was like, I'm not losing a match and went 16 and one sure enough. And when we were in the conference tournament, I was playing Tom hands, the guy who actually beat me in the finals of the future in the doubles. And uh, we were um, at maybe four, four in a second or something like that. We were the last match on, but yeah. And after that, I, after the season, after that last tournament, I went to the office and told my coach, you know, I'd, I'd like to transfer. And he kind of already knew what I wanted to tell him. It was kind of like crazy. It seemed like it was God's plan. Like I walked in his office and we were crying together and he was just like, I knew there would be a time when you told me you're ready to, you know, spread your wings. And I was just like, Oh, you know, like this is the lifetime. <laughs> He's ready for me to spread my wings. Like it was, you know, it was like, it was like so cute. Like when they're crying, I love you, coach. I love you, cute. You know, it was so cute. But um, yeah, so I entered my name into the portal and, you know, had some buzz and, you know, a few people, Keenan Mayo, Caleb, you know, left here. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was just looking at schools that had made pros that went to college. And I was just like, well, Georgia isn't exactly in, in the realm of things. And Illinois was in the Midwest. I wanted to stay in my dad, who's, you know, battling a little sickness, illness right now. I don't want to get into that. It made me sad, but, you know, battling a little bit of illness or whatever. And it's close enough to be, to be able to get home if, if need be. And then no other school has, you know, four futures around, you know? So it was like, it's a no brainer, you know, Brad and Coase made their offer and I was book it, sign it. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about that and I don't even know where to go from there. That was We've had a lot of good moments. I like to think on this podcast. I'm gonna put that top three. That was an, I from start to finish. That was a fantastic story. And so I am curious though because getting to know Brad now and getting to know your personality, and I have a vivid image from this season. And it's during, I want to say, it must have been the USC match because you played six in that match. No, you yeah you played six in that match. Bradley Fry, yeah, Hunter yeah, Heck played. Five. Yeah, because you're on the far end from where we were broadcasting. And so, anyways, I have a distinct image in my head of Brad with his arm around you, and you you have your arm around him, and it's like midway through the first set, and you guys are just walking back to go get, you know, the tennis balls as you're getting ready to serve. And there's an intimacy to that relationship, it feels like, with Brad and his players. And just, again, how much he cares about Illinois tennis, how much he cares about each and every match. I think listeners now, knowing that description, meeting you for 20 minutes, they're going to say, well, that sounds like an obvious fit. But how obvious of a fit was it? Just, again, getting on campus, getting to know Brad. I know, again, not every coach is for everyone, but it just does feel like you, Brad, and obviously Coast as well, that's a match made in heaven. 
Yeah, so I think my biggest issue was I obviously, you know, I've had some misconduct happen to me at the tennis academy with, you know, you know, just that whole issue was a mess. You know, once I got kicked out of the section, they kicked me out of the tennis academy. And I was just like, wow. So now that I'm no longer profitable for you guys, you guys don't want me anymore. So it was really, it hurt my heart, you know, and I had to allow Brad to love me. You know what I mean? Like allow that because at that point I was hard and calloused and, oh, you just want me for my talent. You know, you, want me for my you know, like, you know, I hate you, you know, so I had to, I had to, you know, allow him to, you know, love me. And Coast obviously was my man. What's up? You know, yeah. it, it was really easy for me and Coast, but at first, you know, Brad and I were rocky because he would. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I'm like, well, I could do that too, you know. So, <laughs> you know, but um, I want to say the moment, and this may sound crazy to some, but the the moment that I knew Brad was like, wow no matter how stoic he can be at times, this man really, and really freaking loves me. Mm -hmm. So when I won that match against Gonzalo, I did, I was, Brad Dancer was crying when I won the match. He was crying. Like my dad was there. My own dad wasn't crying. Brad <laughs> Dancer was crying. He was that happy for me. He's that invested in my tennis that I won that match. And he's, we're in the locker room shedding tears. He's just always knew you could do this. I always knew you could do this. Like, so once he, you know, started crying with me at that moment, I was just like, okay, yeah, Brad, we're, we're cemented forever, my guy. You know, you're, you're, you're my guy. You know, so even when we, if we argue or anything, we, we always find a way to come back. So, um, but yeah, that that USC match, I remember that vividly. Brad was just, you know, telling me to just keep breathing, and that's all he tells me. You know, Brad never gives me like strategic, strategic tips on the court because, the game style I play, I'm, I feel, even though, it seems as if I'm brute sometimes. Like I really feel the court. Like, I really feel what I need to do and how I need to do it. Just sometimes it just doesn't execute, you know. But um, he was just telling me one ball at a time, one point at a time, keep breathing. That was really it. And um, hell, it worked. I played a pretty <laughs> very good match, you know. Pretty very good match. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about that. And obviously last season we can get into Illinois here and what you guys were able oh, yeah. to accomplish in 2021 particularly. And I know you were sitting out that season because of transferring – but and I know it was only two months of play, and I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't want to accuse him of being mad at me, but I had heard through the vape grapevine that Brad was not the happiest with me during that 2020 season because let's be honest, it was a season from hell for Illinois. Every break it felt like that could go against you guys. Early in 2020 was going against you. Kova wasn't playing well. AB wasn't playing well. Zeke wasn't playing well. It just you guys had struggled to find a rhythm early on there. To go from that point. To in your very first match of the season, knocking off defending champs, you know, number one team in the country, USC, at your house, indoors at the Atkins Tennis Center, in that quarterfinal format. Let's just start with that match. What belief does that give the team? And, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but take me through start to finish. You guys take the doubles point in that match. You and Seeps play one of the best it was just all the way around because Daniel and Riley played really well let's be clear it was a 7-6 set it was just good tennis and then it looked like because I believe Daniel got a quick win on the board I want to say Dostinich got a win on the board for them as well at three five well I don't want to botch his name but the guy that played Hunter he oh Ludwig you're right Ludwig it, you're, you know, it, it, it wasn't Dostinich it was Ludwig got a quick win yeah, 
Yeah, and yeah. so it was Ludwig who got the quick win, and it just felt like, okay, USC has sort of righted the ship, and I'm pretty sure at four they were up big on No Way, and they were up, or maybe it wasn't No Way they were playing. But who, um, who, I think Zeke played. Yeah, hmm. so, no, I, I, point being, all this yeah. is to say they had leads, and they made a push oh, yeah. in singles. And yet oh, yeah. you guys in the end, you end up getting that victory. You end up beating Virginia without Kova that weekend as well. Talk me through it. Talk me through that weekend. That had to be <laughs> one of the first, uh that was an emotional roller coaster. That was crazy. You know, I um I I always man, I, I always knew how good of a doubles player I was, but I didn't I never would have thought beat number one team in the country good you know what i mean like it was pretty it was pretty nuts it was pretty nuts and then you know to put together another good singles match too after that was like crazy and you know and it wasn't like i treated that match like i've watched that match so many times i was just hitting the right shots you know i wasn't i wasn't slapping red line winners or anything crazy i was serving big and playing playing proper tennis and um we just believed in ourselves man like zeke that, that zeke clark man is He's he's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. Like we just believed that we were gonna beat them. And we didn't know how we were gonna beat them. We didn't know who was gonna win. We just did it. Mm-hmm. And um obviously so, as you say, in the locker room after that match, you guys get that one over the finish line. Because again, to have Zeke back for that fifth year, to get A B and Kova back, I know A B's got one more, but they were part of those the pre-year era, those, you know, Vukic and Hiltzik teams that were really good for a five-year run. And, you know, that was a solid Illinois top 10 year after year after year. Those guys had seen that. That sort of leadership, I imagine, has to help. Just, again, the ability to bounce back as well. I just, it was, I just, I'm still like even thinking about it, get goosebumps. I remember the shock and just being like, oh my God, they didn't just win. They like beat them, they beat them comfortably. You beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even have a question. I just like again, I I can't even imagine you guys are in the locker room. Is it a celebration? Is it uh hey, we got Baylor tomorrow. We're in like let's let's rock and roll. So I think that might be, you know, just looking back on it, I think that might be where we went wrong a little bit. Mm -hmm. We beat USC and kind of were just like, you know, like "Mm, that's what we do, you know? That's up. You know, as opposed to, you know, letting it out, man. Like, we just beat the number one team in the country. Like, let's – come on. Like, let's add something, you know. Like, we got in the locker room and we all sat down and we're just like, yeah, we handled that, you know. Like, we totally weren't the underdogs. We handled it. You know, like, yeah. I as if we were supposed to win, you know. And maybe that's where, you know, it came back to bite us a little bit. We played Baylor. We all came out a little flat. Um, I got whacked by Spencer Furman. <laughs> Um, Seeps and I played an abysmal doubles match. It was just a poor, poor match all, all around. It was horrible. And then um, we bounced back. We're all amped up for Virginia, played a crappy doubles point. And I think this is really what sparked us. We played a horrible doubles point in Virginia. And we go back to the locker room, and I hope I'm not oversharing. They, Brad and Coase are kicking the, the clipboards <laughs> and the whiteboards and get your and then just going nuts. And we came out and, and I mean, I lost a tough match five and four, but um, I mean, I, I fought, you know, the kid just played, he was better than me that day. And um, then we had Alex Banchilla beat, you know, Gianni Ross down there. That was crazy. You know, it was just, it was so much going on that day. And that, that felt great because that match just showed us that for lack of a better term, we don't need Kova. 
We do, obviously, but you get what I mean. For for lack of a better term, it, it really just, I think it put the nation on notice, like, hey, next year we ain't going to have COVID, and, you know, we're still coming, you know, and it was just, it was just a really, really, really good feeling to get that win without our best player, let's just admit it, you know, and it was, you know, it just, it just, it just really, really rose our belief in ourselves. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, and we just rolled that the rest of the season, really. No doubt about that. And certainly again, to your point, it just showed, Hey, there's depth there too. It's not just Kova. It's not exactly. just, it's not just Zeke. And I, I think it goes exactly. without saying your doubles partner, the most improved player breakthrough performer of the 2021 season. And not to say that he wasn't good in 2020, but he put the country on notice, all American Sifa Satanda Mansi. Uh, who obviously Seeps had himself quite the season at the number two singles position. And, you know, the, you guys are riding through that season. Kova's undefeated. Zeke's undefeated. I think Seeps has lost, like, once. Yeah, now, he, was, he was undefeated until Minnesota. Yeah, too. now, you know, Alex Brown hasn't won a practice set since his pra- uh, freshman year. But in terms of that, you know, that's practice. Everyone else, obviously, rocking and rolling. And I'm just, uh, again, you guys, I, you guys, Take it to Michigan at home. Now, I was at the Ohio State match where they beat you, but you guys get the chance to play them in the Big Ten Championship. You beat them as well. Again, when you're looking back at last season, certainly talent is going is going to be number one. Is You, you can't replicate a, a Kova at one. You can't replicate having Zeke play freaking four. Uh, but you look, yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. But you look for, again, the rest of just your team. What clicked? What allows Hunter Heck to go from getting waxed by Westrate in match number one to arguably one of the five best freshmen in the country by the end of the season? Um, Zeke Clark. <laughs> yeah. Zeke was on him like crazy. Brad Dancer, on him like crazy. Me, on him like crazy. Um, There's no secret how talented Hunter Heck is. There's no secret. Sometimes, you know, he just, he was a little soft, and now Hunter's a, Hunter's a man now, you know, so... <laughs> I hope I know I'm serious. I hope everyone's ready, you know. And um, I remember vividly um, my job once I got hurt at the in, during the Ohio match when I broke my finger, or whatever. My job was instantly okay. Well, I'm gonna have this place rocking wherever we are. This is our home now. You know, everyone's gonna know that Illinois is here. You know, and I remember vividly Hunter's down five two love thirty to JJ Tracy at the Big Ten tournament. And I'm screaming my <laughs> off, <laughs> like Hunter, 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 show your teeth, Hunter, show your teeth. This is where we go. This is where we fight. Oh, you know. And this man came back from down two five, love thirty against a guy who beat him one and one, one and two earlier in the season. I mean, JJ Tracy was cleaned him up like like Hunter was a root, like, an average player, you know. And that's a true testament to Zeke Clark's influence and inspiration on all of us. I mean. There's nobody who's around Zeke Clark and is like, oh, who is that guy? And like, you remember Zeke Clark. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, that's college tennis will miss that guy for forever. You know, like, there will never be another Zeke Clark. And I'll, I'll say that till the day I die. Mm-hmm. You know, and Zeke Clark, the biggest reason why we were able to have as much success as we did, you know, the way he pushes himself every day just inspires. And he took Hunter Heck under his wing. And when you have the talent of a Hunter Heck and you have the work ethic of a Zeke Clark, kind of tough to beat you know yeah, no that's, no doubt about that and the rumor i was spreading is that you broke your finger 
in a fight during that Ohio State match on the sidelines. Now, obviously, that's not the case, <laughs> but I just like to get you in trouble. Um, no, uh, you know, obviously, uh, for you guys to win that Big Ten title, I mean, talk about you saw the emotion on Brad's face after that match was clinched, after you get over the finish line, to have well, Zeke do it. Yeah, exactly. To have Zeke do it as well, what does that moment mean to Illinois men's tennis? I mean, that was just God. Yeah. You, you could tell. I mean, it was, it was literally destiny. Like, who better to clinch that freaking match than Zeke Clark? Yeah. Like, he, 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 what, he clinched the USC match, if if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Did he? No, no, Seeps clinched Virginia. He clinched the USC match. He clinches that Ohio State match. I, and I'm sure there's others that I'm leaving out right now, but. Michigan, I mean, he was last on court versus Seymour, but he won. Oh my! And he was cramping. Oh, don't get me, don't get me. Oh my! Oh, that was the best tiebreaker I had ever seen in my life. He literally, eyes <laughs> yeah. rolling in the back of his head, jumping on one leg, hitting winners, cracking Seymour, cracking him, and I'm like, yo, I'm on the sideline going nuts, man, going absolutely insanely. Couldn't believe my eyes. Couldn't believe it. He got hurt, and it was like, I'm not losing. Not only am I not losing, I'm going to beat you. It was, man, it was impressive. But back to what you were saying, I mean, having Z Clark clinch that match was just no, I'm sure for him, it was just no better feeling. You know, he had been so hard on himself that he hadn't anything for Illinois. And, you know, for him to be sent out on that note, he has to hold his head high. Even though we didn't get NCAAs like we wanted, he has to hold his head high. He beat Ohio State. That was that's all he dreamed of, you know what I mean? And what better, you know, who better do it than him? I mean, that guy's given his all day in and day out. There's never a day where Z Clark isn't 100%. You can't say it. Absolutely, and there's a reason he's all day Zeke. And hearing your voice echo through Atkins Tennis Center kept me up for a lot of June because I could just hear Honor just over and over and over in my head. And, and obviously I say that complimentary because that's what college tennis is all about. And again, that's why we're so excited to have you here as a Crack Rackets athlete. I am curious looking towards 2022. You lose Kova. You lose Zeke. You lose no way. Obviously, they were all exceptional, not just on the court, but off the court for it's the team. Oh, and Vuk, of course, who was who was coaching half the I mean, Brad wasn't coaching. It was Vuk who did the coaching. Let's be clear here during the match. Yeah, very, very obvious. And you lose that, just that caliber of player, the, that caliber of class who had been around since those Vukic days were kind of the connective thread. And obviously, very easy to be noisy and energetic when you're doing a lot of winning. How does yeah. how do you guys you Seeps Hunter AB all of the returners how do you keep that energy moving into 2022? What should the college tennis world expect from a team that while you lost a lot of faces, not exactly a young team, still a lot of veterans from top to bottom in Champagne? Oh yeah, I mean, we have big shoes to fill, but luckily I wear a size 15, so I'm, <laughs> I'm ready. You know, I. I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. I'm going to be diligent with my body to try to be healthy to put my team in the best position I can put them in. You know, and the guys are ready. You know, we don't we don't think that's a fluke. You know, beating Ohio, you know, beating Ohio State, we don't we don't want that to be a fluke. You know, they've reloaded with some with some players too, and we've reloaded with some players. You know, we have Carlos, Gabriel, Guzakis. We have some players coming in who who can play some ball. Oliver Stewart. So we're we're really excited. We're really excited for this year. We're pushing each other hard. We're a family. And I mean, Illinois is here to say, you know, that that last season wasn't a fluke. We're 
you know, we have higher goals for this season. And Sipos is playing at an all-time high confidence-wise. So can head. we quickly, I don't mean to cut you off. Can we do two seconds on Seeps? What, oh, click, what click this year? Because I watch him play. Is there anything on a court he can't do? Because there, you just see it. Oh, maybe if, like, again, if I could cross the two of you, that guy's number one in the world right now. Like, yeah. like, like it's just something about Seeps. What is it? You got to see it up close. What about him? It just works. There's nobody Sipos can play that he doesn't believe he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, his, like I said, his confidence in himself and his game is like none I've ever seen. And, you know, he just, he, he has this thing about it that makes him so special. Like what, what everyone doesn't understand is, you know, sometimes people get on seeps because, you know, maybe he maybe he's a few seconds late to something or, you know, something like that. But every guy who's been great from the Michael Jordans, from the Kobe's to the Kovas, they march to the beat of their own drum. You know what I mean? He's his own man. And seeps is going to do what seeps needs to do to get himself ready to play his best tennis. That may not be what you need, but that's what seeps needs. And last year I saw him selfishly do what he needs to put himself in the best position. And maybe when it was, when he was doing it, a lot of guys were like, Oh, why, why can Seep stop 30 minutes earlier? Oh, why does Seep, you know, or why does he can, you saw the season, yeah. shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> shut up, you know? So it's that simple. You know, he was just, he was selfish about it. I mean, some days it seemed like he was, a <laughs> you know, because he, he wanted what he wanted, but that's what the best players are. MJ was a <laughs> practice. Kobe was a <laughs> practice. And, that's how you you make the best out of your team and that's how you make the best out of you and like i said it when it clicked it clicked you know and and he told me he just came up to me and was like i'm not gonna lose the match this year and i said (laughs) 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 and i saw him when he was playing andre styler of michigan seeps was playing a terrible match one i don't to this day i don't know how he won that match he had no business winning that match. And, you know, the, the kid just, he's special, man. He's special. His dad, don't tell him I said that. I mean, he's, he's in the room over. I hope he's not, doesn't have his ear to the door. I don't want his head to get a little boom. He's been having this thing where he keeps going around telling us, ooh, if I had a one-handed backhand, you guys would be in trouble. And I keep telling him, like, dude, you're five nothing. If you had a one-handed backhand, you'd suck. I keep telling him. But he just, he's just so, he's, <laughs> the guy just doesn't. The guy thinks he's the, the best thing since, you know, I don't know. He's, no, that's seeps for you for sure. And speaking of which, Colo alert. Do we have a Colo sighting? What are any? I know I don't want to get you in trouble, but just give me a little tease out there. A little Colo I'm alert. Just, I'm going to just tell the people we have to stay tuned for Colo. You know, he came down to Champagne for uh, the future or whatever, and he had a great time. You know, that's that's my little brother. You know, uh, seeps is my brother as well. So we're, we're pretty tight. Um you just have to wait and see, and wherever he decides, he decides. But I hear Michigan. I hear he's gonna just give you a big blue. Um, no, I, yeah. It remains to be seen. You know, it remains to be seen. <laughs> when he makes his announcement, that'll be news to me. It'll be news to the world. You know? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm no, absolutely. Again, and for you guys, it's clear. And we talked about Hunter, the jump. He's he's obviously made as a freshman, and just you know, from start to finish, there's a lot of talent coming back to Champaign and again to go full circle here I don't want to take up too much more of your time but to be able to again 
be be a part of this NIL, uh, be able to take advantage of this NIL. Because obviously, on surface level, the idea of being able to profit off of all of work you're doing just right there on its own, there's value to that, no doubt about that. But who are the people who support players like you, who support the NIL program? It's no doubt. It's the donors. It's the community in Champaign that makes these sort of opportunities possible. I feel obliged to ask this, and again, this is not an Alex Gruskin endorsement of the University of Illinois, but objectively, why, you know, they have done an excellent job, clearly, getting you, putting you in a place like this. Talk to me about what the University of Illinois has made possible for you, and again, through these NIL opportunities, what it means to be able to embrace Champaign. I mean, these guys, they, they, they've embraced me as their own, and I think it became easy when they saw me because, again, I mean, I don't want to compare myself to Zeke Clark because I think he's just one of a kind, but in terms of personality and people that attract people, I'm one of those guys, you know, and you know, you don't just see the six, eight black tennis player every day. And you know, not only that, you don't see one with personality, you know, that's a lefty too, to boot. Like it's all of it. So it's like, um, whenever I get my, get my stuff together, I'll be, I'll be a hell of a tennis player. You know, whenever I get it together, who knows, but, um, (laughs) You know, for right now, you know, I think people just see the personality, the fact that I'm marketable, I'm a gentle giant. And, you know, I think my personality just helps me and just opens doors for me. You know, anyone that meets me automatically wants to help me when they hear my story and, you know, hear, you know, just how hard I've worked to be here and the sacrifices I've made to be here. So I can't, I can't say enough. I can't give enough thanks to those donors and, you know, the people that come out and shout my name and, you know, just cheer for Illinois and the people behind the scenes who, you know, like right now our courts are getting redone. I know someone paid for that, you know, thank you. Thank you to them for that, you know, and, or, you know, when we go to a tournament and we're able to, you know, I don't know, stay at someone's home, you know, don't have to pay for a hotel. That's great too. You know, I just, man, I, I can't say thank you enough. You know, I, I really love the fact that my personality makes people like me, you know, I really love being a lovable person. It just only helps. So no, I can't. No, again, you definitely, if there's an it quality, if you don't mind me saying, I would say you have that it quality. There's a reason there's a charisma and people are gravitating towards you because, again, I I think you epitomize what college tennis is all about. And, again, we're going to have the chance to bring you on throughout the year, learn more about your story, learn more about all the hard work that goes into becoming a college athlete. Uh, But I do want to end on a tennis note for you because, again, we talked about the growth you made last season. You got to play five and six. You got to play one doubles. Obviously, injuries were a big part of your story last year as well, unfortunately. But I'm curious for you because anyone who watched you play, is this like a Kevin Durant 6'7 where you're actually 6'10 and you're like, no, I'm 6'7, I swear. Like, are we talking – I mean, I've been – I would say 6'7. That's that's 6'7, 6'8 range for sure. But you can move. And you talk about being a gentle giant, if you don't mind me saying, sometimes I think you enjoy being at that baseline, probably a little bit more than you, than let's say someone your size typically would be moving forward and all these different things. Now, obviously, it takes two seconds watching the surge. Like, oh, yeah, no, he's definitely 6'7". But I am curious for you moving forward, getting the chance to play the pros uh, this summer and getting to see what the top of the college game and just what is needed to be the sort of performer you want to be this season what has been the short-term goal for you? And obviously, what are your goals here this season as you play your final season of college tennis before heading off to the pros? Well, I would just like to touch on the the, 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 the point that you made of the me hanging around the baseline a little, sure. a little bit. Yeah, push I back, think- by the way. Tell me I'm wrong. This is my perception of 11-year-old Kwesi, not, you know, not a... Well, I think you're, you're spot on. You know, my coaches and my teammates tell me that all the time. I think 
a lot of times I I'm athletic. So a lot of times I just, I'll just sit here and slide to this ball and just, I'll just play a couple of these balls. I think you like it. It's pretty cool to move that way when you're that size, right? Like it does probably feel pretty cool. Yeah, I I do enjoy it, but it definitely, definitely has its shortcomings. And I I learned um, while playing the futures that I need to just play big, you know, that that's my game. You know, I'm a, I'm a rhythmless type of player. You know, I'll slice one, I'll dink one, I'll rip one, I'll slap one, I'll put I need to win points on my terms and lose points on my terms. I need to be at the net. I need to be big. I have soft hands. I have good overheads, good volleys, good approaches. I need to get forward. So expect to see a lot of that this year, me going forward and winning matches on my terms and consequently losing matches on my terms, you know? And I think um, a lot of times, you know, you struggle with a little bit of confidence there. So, you know, maybe I'll fall back a little bit and roll the ball because I'm not feeling comfortable. But for the most part, I need to put my game on people. People need to react to me, not me reacting to them. Um... So there's that. And um, just for short-term goals, you know, I just want to put on a little more pounds and just stay healthy. You know, that's my biggest goal right now to stay healthy, because if I stay healthy, I have everything I need. I truly feel like the sky's the limit. You know, obviously there's people that may laugh at, you know, me wanting to be pro or saying I'm going to be an All-American this season or whatever. But hey, if no one's laughing at your dreams, they're clearly not big enough. So that's, that's just the way I see it. And I believe in myself. My coaches believe in me. My team believes in me. So, you know, and like I said, big shoes to fill and I'll wear a size 15. So I'm ready. <laughs> no, that is great to hear. If you have to sacrifice the six pack, though, to put on those pounds, I feel like that's not a trade off you're ready to make. You know, maybe not. But, you know, I really haven't had an issue with the ladies, you know, so <laughs> I, I think I think they can. They'll be okay. You know, if the six pack goes away, but I put on a little muscle, you know, I think I'll be all right. Yeah, that's hilarious. No, I'm glad to hear it. Well, again, Koisi, I could we could do this for another three hours and have a good time i we didn't even get to my 10 minutes on kaushik kandapi that i promised you and my, <laughs> yeah, i promised you going in and obviously uh just for listeners at home that is someone we both grew up playing against um but look part of the fun of getting to be uh have you on our crack rackets team is we i'm definitely going to be calling you back throughout the season i want updates on how things are going at illinois obviously if there is a colo alert we'll have to bring you on for that um oh, yeah, and just all of the above. Again, it really appreciate your willingness to join our Crack Rackets team. Really appreciate all you do for college tennis. Again, I don't say this superficially. Your energy is what college tennis is supposed to be about, that enthusiasm, that excitement, right? It's And it's all in good spirit. It's not against others. It's towards your own team. That, I think, is always the key. And so, again, Kwesi, appreciate you taking the time to chat here today. Be safe. Be healthy, my friend. We will chat with you again soon. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Illinois Rising Senior Kawaisi Kenyatta. A thank you to him again for his candidness, for taking the time to join the show. I sincerely meant it at the top when I said one of the most charismatic guys I have ever met in the college tennis world. Certainly looking forward to having him as part of our Crack Rackets team. Certainly looking forward to sharing more of his stories with all of you listeners over the course of the next year. But in case you missed any of our other Project Elite rollout Crack Rackets, athletes. We are so thrilled to be working with Ohio State's Isabel Boulay, with Ohio State's Cannon Kingsley, with fellow University of Illinois men's tennis standout Hunter Hack. We've got some other fun things in the pipeline as well, so we hope you all follow along with us. If you are curious how you can get involved in Project Elite, whether you'd like to sponsor an athlete, whether you would like, again, to just learn more about the subject, you can go to project slash elite Com. You can find it, a link to it, of course, on our website, CrackedRackets.com. We are so grateful for all of you who have uh, reached out already. Of course, busy times here at Cracked Rackets, U.S. Open, rocking and rolling, getting ready for the Knoxville showdown. But, of course, Project Elite at the forefront of our minds. So, again, any inquiries, any thoughts, comments, criticisms, concerns you may have, direct them to that website, Project-Elite.com. Of course, if you missed the conversations we had earlier with Isabel Cannon Hunter, you can find them all on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. If you're looking for U.S. Open coverage, Great Shot podcast, Mini Break podcast, Ace of the Day, every day on the GSP feed. We're recapping each day's play each night uh, on the Mini Break podcast feed. Of course, you can find all of those wherever you listen to your shows. Like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends. You need the more immediate updates. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an editing job they do day in day out a shout out as well to our friends uh, over at tennis point tennis-point.com the promo code is cr15 with all of that said for our newest crack rackets athlete kwaisi kenyatta our super producers fligner and westoff our friends over at tennis point from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy we'll talk to you all soon thanks everyone <laughs>